Welcome to the Redbird Review, hosted by Bryson French. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode five of the Redbird Review. This podcast is your home for Cardinals baseball news and opinions. I am your host, Bryson French, and this podcast is sponsored by The Third Out. That podcast is the home for MLB news and opinions. And today is May 25th. It is a beautiful day for baseball. And this is the third podcast in a row, three days in a row, uh, really four days in a row for me if you count uh, the third out, which I do on Sundays with Noah Witzke. Um, so it's been a busy week, and I've been compiling a lot of information and I've just been having a lot of fun because work hasn't started yet this summer. Um, so it's been a lot of fun getting this stuff out to you guys. Um, but it's been a good week for the Cardinals. Uh, we took a loss last night to the Blue Jays. Um, kind of a tough one. Uh, you know, Jordan Hicks got beat up a little bit, but it's all right. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and the future is bright. Um, our team is doing pretty well, things considered, even even with the loss last night. And, you know, we're going to spend today's episode talking about the bright future, um, talking about some of the young guys on the team. And in our next few episodes, even after this, we will discuss uh, the Cardinals' base running. Uh, that's kind of been problematic here and there. Um, and also kind of good you know we got, we've had a lot of stolen bases but then we got some other guys who are getting thrown out on the bases in kind of foolish situations so we're going to talk about that in a later episode uh, we're going to discuss Jordan Hicks obviously he started last night as I just said and you know we're going to talk about him and if he's you know the best option as a starter uh, versus him in the bullpen stuff like that talk about his, about his pitch mix and uh, what, what can the Cardinals do really to use him as best they can um, I just have some thoughts on that, that we're going to throw out there. So those are the upcoming episodes. But for today's episode, we're going to talk about prospects. Prospects. So let's get into it. So starting with the guys in the big leagues now, those are the guys we're going to focus on today. The big one is Nolan Gorman. He has now played in five MLB games. He has five hits in his first five games. Um, but all five of those came against the Pirates. All five of the hits, that is. Uh, he has no hits against the Blue Jays yet. Now, obviously, you know, three games against the Pirates, two games against the Blue Jays, it's not a big deal that he doesn't have a hit against the Blue Jays yet. But I'm just saying, to this point, every hit is against the Pirates. Um, so we're still trying to see some stuff from him here. Um, so far, though, um, he's been he's been effective, and I do like what I see. Um, but here are, the, here are the thoughts on Gorman, though. Uh, he really, considered by most, uh, a lot of, you know, what you read and stuff, he wasn't considered to be MLB ready. Uh, the Cardinals really wanted to give him some more time in AAA, and he was, you know, he was struggling with strikeouts and stuff. Uh, specifically, he has weaknesses hitting left-handed pitchers, and he has trouble hitting, you know, high-velocity stuff. So those are just some some of the main concerns, uh, and it comes down to you know needing more time to get used to the the fast pace of uh, AAA and you know MLB. I just don't hasn't had, had it hasn't had enough time there yet really um but here's the thing in my opinion uh the cardinals pulled him up you know despite their the fears of you know him not being ready it's it's pretty clear why they pulled him up the concern is there from a player uh development perspective but from the team perspective the team needs him you know even if he does have these struggles uh versus lefties and high velocity even with that he's the cardinals best option right now like even if he's not as at his fullest potential, and he can continue to develop in the MLB, um, but I think you know a lot of fans and you know maybe myself and you know 
people need to realize he's not done developing yet. He's not to his max potential. He's not, you know, what is he, like our second prospect. You know, we consider, you know, our second prospect is probably going to be a guy who's, you know, a resident, you know, he's going to be making all-star games and stuff. And, you know, we would expect him to be, you know, in the rookie of the year conversation and all that stuff. I don't know that he's there yet. I think he needs a little bit more time, and that's all right. Um, you know, these struggles are, you know, it it's not going to show yet. But, yeah, I mean, don't 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 worry. He's going to get over it. He's going to take off. Um, even if these things do start to come out, he's going to have a good career. Um, but, you know, the thing is there's, there's just holes in his swing. And this happens a lot with rookies. We're going to talk about this with a lot of the guys on this list. Um, but he would do fine for a while. Uh, then the opponents will start to pick up on the weaknesses, the holes in his swing. Uh, they get some tape on him, and then you know they may start exploiting those things. Um, I just want people to understand that he's going to be good, um, even if he struggles a little bit this year, whether it's after the All-Star break or even before, or if he has a good year this year and struggles a little bit next year. It's all right. He's going to be fine. Um, the Cardinals think of him, you know, you know, just below his potential right now, he's still going to be beneficial to the team as it stands right now. And that's mostly due to the lack of production that we've seen in the middle infield. Um, and as far as, you know, uh, continued development go goes, uh, Gorman is in a locker room now with Pujols, Yadier, Goldschmidt, and Arenado, uh, not to mention all the others in there. But, you know, that has to be the best locker room in the big leagues to continue to develop and to learn about your swing. So those are my thoughts on Nolan Gorman, and that'll move us on. We're going to stay in the middle infield with our next prospect. We're going to talk about Brendan Donovan. Now, Donovan has been killing it. Donovan is the Cardinals' number 12 prospect, um, but unfortunately, I would categorize his start as somewhat of an anomaly. So as a lot of these rookies have, you know, I said it with, said it with Gorman, we're going to say it again, He's gonna he's gonna come out. He's gonna look strong. He actually looks pretty unstoppable right now. Uh, but the league doesn't have film on him yet. And once they get enough film, uh, the rookies come to a screeching halt. And this is why you know the sophomore slump you know exists. That's kind of where this comes from. The thing is, there are holes in Donovan's swing, and it's more so than a lot of other guys. Uh, but Donovan's at his best right now, and there wasn't really an expectation for him to ever be more than a role player or a guy who just comes off the bench and fills in for guys who need off days. That's kind of the expectation for him, I think, when he came up. And the way he has played has been at the level of a starting shortstop. And, you know, he's even at the point where he's the two-hitter in our lineup. Now, he's not a power guy. He only has one home run. And he's not a fast guy. He only has one stolen base. Um, 59th percentile in speed as well. But you know, just above average in speed, but, you know, I think if he continues to work, he could, you know, kind of be a David Fletcher type player. He spreads the ball around the field nicely, and I think that's what you're going to see from him. The bad news with him is he only has 54 at-bats currently. All right, so it's a very small sample size, and again, I would avoid putting him out against lefties, um, and then his WOBA is really troubling to me because his WOBA right now is 428, which is insane. But his expected WOBA is 342, which is much more like, okay, that's a solid starting player. But that's a that's a massive spread. And if you don't know what uh, expected WOBA is, that just factor, factors in exit velocity, sprint speed, launch angle, uh, to find out if each contact you make should be a hit or not. 
Uh, so it kind of just takes luck out of it. But Donovan is a placement hitter. So I feel like Donovan's going to be a guy who always has a Woba higher than whatever his expected Woba is. But 80 points is a large gap between the expected Woba and the actual. And I think he's going to end up where his expected Woba currently is throughout his career. Like if he could be a 342 Woba type of guy and he would have a starting job somewhere, like I feel like that would be an accomplishment for him. And I feel like, you know, you know, that would be fine. Um, you know, it's okay. Uh, that is still, you know, a beneficial player, especially, you know, if we're looking at it with Edmund at short and you can put Donovan at second base, but you also probably going to have uh, Gorman at second base. So Donovan is kind of going to, you know, it's hard with the way he's playing right now, but realistically, I'm just saying he might drop off a little bit. You're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have Gorman at second, Edmund at short. Where are you going to put Donovan on a regular basis? And so this team wasn't really built with a place for him. And he's going to do a good job uh, filling in the team's needs. If there are injuries like there are currently, or if players, you know, need a day off, he's a great player to have. But he's also a trade asset because, you know, even if he drops back down to the expected Woba, so a 342 Woba, you know, he's deserving a starting job somewhere in the league. And, you know, a part of me feels as though, you know, I just want to see him as an everyday player somewhere, even if it's not with us. And he just, he feels like the type of player who, you know, he's a starter, just not on a contender. Um, I don't know why I just had that feel for him. Like I could just see him on the Nationals or something. Um, just feels like one of those players. Because I feel like he's somewhere in between that line of the role player that we want him to be, you know, coming off the bench. And then, you know, he's not quite to that, you know, Gorman slash Edmund level of play. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. But I think... You know, he's a trade candidate. You know, we'll see what they do there. But he's also, you know, maybe just filling in at second base until Gorman's completely ready. With injuries, he can fill in there. We'll see. There's a lot of possibilities with him this year. But I think he's going to have a solid year. Uh, maybe not keeping up the numbers he has now, but he's going to have a solid year. That'll move us now to Juan Yepes. So technically, we're still in the infield as he is listed on the roster as an infielder. Um, but he is playing a little bit of outfield, and we know, obviously, he is an amazing DH. Now, I'm extremely excited about Juan because he has great potential and great raw ability, and he is the Cardinals' number six prospect. He has serious ability, and I think, you know, he could he could be a large part of the future of this team. Now, this is kind of a side note, um, just kind of the way I look at the Cardinals' team right now. The Cardinals team is pretty layered, um, and that's one of the things I love so much about the, the team we have this year. Um, this is how teams stay competitive from year to year, rather than being like the Cubs who have, you know, a group of stars who are all the same age and need contracts at the same time, and they can't keep them all. I really like what the Cardinals do uh, with spreading things out, because you have, you have the older guys, you know, you have Bueno, Yachty, Pujols, and you know those guys, the impact they have on the team. And you have the guys who are, you know, a little over 30 years old and on Hall of Fame track. You know, these are your guys who are on MVP pace for us this year, you know, like Goldie and Nolan, who, as it stands right now, could be, you know, second and third in MVP voting when the year the year ends. If it finished, if the year finished right now, they'd be second and third in MVP voting. Um, so you have guys like that, and then you have the guys who aren't quite to 30 yet and are really just now about to hit their prime. And, you know, those are the guys like Tommy Edmond, right? He really leads that pack. He's actually, I mean, he's 
top five in MVP discussion right now himself. But you also have O'Neal, Flaherty, Dylan Carlson, all of those guys in this category. Kind of the future of the team, but also like the future is now type with them. And then, you know, they're the guys that we're talking about in this podcast, right? Uh, the guys right below that who are maybe a year or two out from getting to where Edmund are. You know, they're not quite hitting their prime yet, but we're seeing them start learning some things, you know, establishing themselves. And I think the reason I brought out that whole rabbit trail, the reason I went down that, is because I think Yepes is the key uh, to that next tier, right? Obviously, Gorman's higher-rated prospect, all that stuff. But just from what we've seen from Yepes, fresh out of the minors, I think in a potential situation, we could see him lead this group as a DH, especially with the DH now in the National League. Um, so just like the others, you know, Yepes, you know, we talked about Donovan, we talked about uh, Gorman, they have holes in their swing. Yepes has that too. But again, hopefully he can get with Pujols and the others and they can fix his swing before it falls apart, um, kind of as the league figures him out. But I think he is the future of this team as a DH. I mean, that's kind of an ideal um, situation, but I think that's a strong chance. Um, and that should be the case. So I'm very hyped about Yepes. On the downside, he hasn't gotten 100 at-bats yet. So it's a very small sample size. Um, I think it's smart to have guys around him to protect him uh, just in the lineup and stuff, forcing pitchers to put pitches in the zone against him. We don't want uh, pitchers, you know, he, he has a little bit of trouble with breaking balls and stuff. So, you know, keeping pitchers where they have to attack him because of the guys around him in the lineup, that, that would be the most ideal. Um, you know, I would just try to, to pace myself. You know, I don't want to get disappointed when Yepes struggles or if he struggles, it's okay. You know, he's young. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to grow, and the team's going to do good things with him. He's got good teachers around him, and he should be able to back bounce back. But, yeah, Yepes is special now, and that's why his holes, the holes in his swing have not gotten to him yet. So, yeah, I am not overly concerned. Now, next up is a fan favorite and one of my favorites, and it is Lars Newbar. He He's a fast guy with good power. He has... Um, He's got a decent amount of time in the big leagues, but I think, you know, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say he has a good amount of time in the big leagues. He hasn't had much time in the big leagues. When he's been in the big leagues, he's been very exciting, and he's proven he can be at least a solid role player who brings a lot of excitement to the team. Now, he can be a good benefit to our team this year, obviously, with the injuries and stuff. Um, I honestly believe he can be exactly what we expected Corey Dickerson to be. Uh, Corey Dickerson has struggled, but what we kind of expected Corey Dickerson to be was at worst, he should be a league average hitter, you know, OPS around 100, or OPS plus around 100, and, you know, best case, he's a little above that, you know, so I, I would put his OPS plus range at about 100 to 115, uh, that's what we expected Dickerson to be, and I think that's what Lars can be as well, uh, but he's got youth, and he's exciting, uh, the, the, I think he fits the team really well right now. The Cardinals struggle with right-handed pitchers, and Lars is a lefty. He hits righties a little bit better. I think he can be um, a good bring in there. So, you know, the lefty bats could, you know, be a great benefit. I think he'll help there. He's been killing it in AAA. Um, he's only had 50 at-bats in AAA so far through 2022, but he has an OPS of 1.05, so absolutely killing it. He had a three-home run game this past weekend. 
Uh, I know it's now Wednesday, so that was a couple days ago now. But yeah, a three-home run game, uh, just going off. And he may not have the highest potential, but I really love the way he plays the game, and I do believe he is solid. Uh, not to mention, he could be a great trade asset as well. I mean, this is kind of maybe fit him in the Donovan range, or just like you don't know how to fit him on the team. But I don't know. It, I, if you could put him in a trade for, you know, Frankie Montas, I wouldn't be totally against that. But I do think, you know, I think he's going to be of benefit to the team, especially with the injuries. And especially if you thought that Corey Dickerson was going to be a big help to the team, I think that Lars can be exactly what we expected Dickerson to be again. I think they're very similar players. I think their careers are on similar tracks. Obviously, Dickerson at the end of his career, and I think Newt Barr is going to have basically an identical career to what Dickerson had probably. So I would be happy with what we got in him as well. So that'll do it for the offensive side. And now we're going to move to the pitching side. And we're going to start out with the big one made his first start friday and i probably should have mentioned this earlier earlier i am sitting outside you probably have noticed the sounds of nature around i did this for our last episode um doing it again hope you guys like it i don't know i like the signs out here but that said let's get into the pitching side of things um matthew libertor made his first start friday um kind of he's been put in the same group with gorman um and I just think he's not quite ready yet, but the team may need him to step up, especially with the loss of Mats and the struggles of Jordan Hicks. Um, in seven games in AAA, he had an ERA of 3.82 and a whip of 1.2. His curveball is a dominant pitch, but I'm not sure it's an execution pitch, which is kind of how he uses it right now. That kind of you know points out to me that he needs to develop a better execution pitch I think that would be his slider or his sinker. But most of his pitchers have less movement than league average, and I think he can kind of develop into a solid three guy in a rotation, um, which is kind of, you know, in a rotation of five, I think he's sitting around three. That's his potential level. Um, and, you know, this is, this is the way I look at it. We could use a solid three guy in our rotation. And in that, you know, ideally the Cardinals obviously have been involved in a lot of trade talks about Frankie Montas. Why can't we trade Matthew Libertor and say like Newt Bar for Montas? I feel like the athletics would definitely take that in a heartbeat. And I don't think the Cardinals are losing anything that they really were counting on because again, Libertor is a future number three in a rotation and Montas is a current number three in a rotation, if not higher. I think that would be an amazing trade. And, you know, maybe now is the time to go out and get that piece in our rotation. Uh, we have a good young future as it is. Even with the even with giving up two guys, I feel like we're still fine as far as our future. Um, again, if we don't want to trade him, he becomes a three. It's just going to, you know, if you want to keep him on your team, it's going to take some patience to get him to that point. And on a team that wasn't a competitor like if he went to Oakland he could get starts and he could get you know he'd get there a little bit quicker it'd be a lot easier for him uh the athletics could let him get MLB games in there you know the Cardinals are kind of you know they're a little leery of doing that you don't want to put him in your rotation if it's going to hurt your chances of getting wins because you're trying to make the playoffs and stuff it may be better for his development to let him get some MLB at bats or you know innings but you can't do that on a competitive team 
and I think it would be better for his career maybe to get there, and it's just kind of a tough situation. Um, obviously, he, you know, even if we keep him and we don't trade him, he will be beneficial to us. I just don't think it'll be this year. That said, we move on to another pitching prospect, and this is Angel Rodon, the number 14 prospect in the Cardinal system, and he's the last guy I'm going to discuss today, and we're going to discuss, you know, again, we're going to discuss the other prospects, the guys who are in the minor leagues on another date, but Sunday, when Matz got injured, obviously Steven Matz threw four pitches and then came out of the game. Angel was the guy that came in. He pitched five innings in relief and didn't give up a run. Now, obviously, yes, it was the Pirates, but Matthew Libertor also pitched against the Pirates, and Rodon pitched significantly better. Um, again, in relief, though. Um, that's, that just makes it more impressive. In the minors, he started twice, and he came in relief a large amount. Uh, kind of an extended relief guy. Uh, that's kind of what he looks like. He has a 3.97 ERA and a 1.279 whip in in AAA. Um, but he's just really stepped up in the in the moment uh, Sunday. And for that, you know, I believe he earned a second chance, honestly. And in 2021, he only had like two innings in the pros, uh, but he did really well. The two scoreless innings, two scoreless outings. Um, so obviously a small sample size with him, but it's just exciting to see a guy come up and then just like absolutely shove and live up to the moment. And, you know, I don't know what his future is with our team as far as like how he fits in, if he's a, the bullpen guy or, you know, what, or if he can even find his way into the rotation. It's kind of a long shot for him at this point, I know, but like, I don't know. He's pitched so well. I want, I want to see him again. I want him to have another chance. So just to see what he's got. Um, and then even if he does end up in the bullpen, there's nothing, nothing wrong with having another arm down there. So those are the young guys who are stepping up for our team. And you know, I'm pleased with what these guys have done. And you know, like I said, there are more exciting guys we're going to discuss later. And so make sure to come back for the next episode. But thank you guys for joining us. This is Bryson French signing off. I'll see you guys later.